you got your Bibles, flip them open to Hebrews chapter 11. We're in a series called the Hall of Faith. We've been talking about this for several weeks now. We've gone through several different people that are, that are mentioned in this. And they're all mentioned because of their faith. And that's why we're calling this the Hall of Faith. These are people that have gone before us. They're in the Word. And there's things that stood out into their life. What you're going to find out is as we continue to go through these is they're not perfect people. So how many can relate to someone who's not perfect? Yeah, yeah. For those who didn't raise your hand, you can relate because you're not perfect either. We're all imperfect people. But God still used them and God still saw. There were still times where they're listed in this chapter as, as men and women of faith. We talked about Abraham, we talked about Sarah, we talked about Abel, we talked about Enoch, we've talked about Noah. We went through a lot so far. And one of the ones that stands out to me that is always encouraging, really encouraged me when I was studying it, is Sarah. Because remember when Sarah, she couldn't have a baby, she was, she was 90 years old, okay, so then the Lord said to her, you're going to have a baby. And what did she do? She laughed. She's like, ha, yeah, hello. And she even threw Abraham under the bus. She's like, um, I'm old and... Look at him, 100 years old. This, it ain't going to work. It can't happen. Okay, that's my paraphrase. You can read it yourself. It's no one quite like that, but that's what happened. She basically said, I'm old, and Abraham's really old, and, and, and we're not going to be able to. We can't. So she laughed. And you would think, see, sometimes in church today, you know what we would say? Oh, she has no faith. We'd be so quick to judge her. But you know what? She was human, and she realized in my own ability, in our own ability, according to everything that we know, I can't have children. So she laughed almost in discouragement, like it's not going to happen. Well, when you fast forward, guess what happens? She has a baby. Now, remember, she tried in her own. She tried her own ability and said, okay, we're going to have a baby, so it must be an Abraham, and, you, and it'll just have to be the servant girl. We'll have to step in and help because I can't get pregnant. So they, they, they tried that, and, and Ishmael was born, and God's like, that's not, that's not it. Now, God didn't go slap Sarah and curse her and do all that. He just said, you know what? That's not what I said. He reminded Sarah, I said, and he told her again the same promise from before, Sarah, you, you, Sarah, are going to have a boy. And that's the one who through him will be many, many descendants. And then later in the, you read into the next chapter, guess what? Sarah has Isaac. And when that happened, what did she do? She laughed. But it was a different laugh. It was a joy that God was a God of his word. And that's this whole Hebrews 11, this whole chapter focuses on that God is a God of his word, that people believe by faith. And we're going to find out as we continue on that some people didn't even see the fulfillment of the promise in their lifetime, but they still believed, and they're credited for their faith. So Sarah, who had this moment of discouragement, you know what that said to me? Listen, if any of you ever find your place in discouragement, if you, if you ever get discouraged, isn't it nice to know there's someone in the Bible that is listed as a faith woman? And she got discouraged too. Doesn't kind of help you to know, okay, so I'm, nothing's wrong with me? 
I mean, we, we have a tendency to try to, and it's sometimes it's why the world isn't attracted to the church, and we should be attractive to them because we're light. And sometimes we're not attractive to the world because we're trying to put up this fake facade that nothing bothers us. And it's false. And it's a lie. But we feel like that's a strong place of faith. I am not worried. I am not afraid. I am not nervous. I am not. I am not. I am not. But inside you are. But we feel like it's a lack of faith. It wasn't a lack of faith. Sarah was real, and Sarah was able to express this discouragement. And you know what Jesus, you know what God did? God came back and assured her. Listen, really, Sarah, you are going to have a boy. Remember when Samuel, if you read 1 Samuel chapter 3, Samuel's laying in bed and he hears God speak. But he doesn't know it's God, so he runs to Eli. And he says, Eli, what, what? And Eli says, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't call you. And that happens three times. And God did not get so mad at Samuel. Samuel, you're not listening. I'll call someone else. He didn't do that. He continued to speak to Samuel until Samuel got it. So you know what? You know how good God is? This is how good God is. He's going to speak to you until you get it. So if you get discouraged, guess what? The encourager lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit, parakaleo, means to walk alongside. Encourage, it means to come alongside. So the Holy Spirit is God's gift to you to walk alongside of you and encourage you. And that's what, that's what took place with Sarah. So we can, we can be glad to say, okay, because we've struggled or because we have our moments doesn't take us away from being men and women of faith. We just know that God will continue to help us. We open ourselves up to what he wants to say and what his word says, and we'll strengthen ourselves, and we'll get stronger in our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word, the, the rhema word, which is the spoken word. So sometimes you need to speak out the word. There's times when I'm doing my, my personal time, my devotion, there's times I read out loud, and I'm by myself, and I'm just like, about that time, Jesus was walking through, and people were like, what? Easy. Starbucks, they don't like it. And I'm, I'm, I don't do it at Starbucks. I'm just kidding. I do it when I'm by myself. But you could read out loud because it, not only are you saying it, but you're also hearing it. And faith comes by hearing the word. That's why this is important, to be at places where the word of God is being taught. And then don't just receive it because a preacher says it. You take it, line it up with the word, make sure it's true. Don't take what I say and just say, well, Scott said it, so that's it. Scott better make sure it lines up here. You need to make sure what I say lines up here because I'm human too. So we're all, we're all growing together, but the word, our faith is strengthened and growing as we continue to develop our relationship with God. All right, then we talked about Abraham and Abraham and Isaac. And remember, we went through two weeks of this, and there was the promise, and then there was provision when it happened. Okay, he promised something with Isaac. And then the provision of it is when Isaac was born, and then all these, we want to see all these descendants. But between the promise, we'll see how well you did. This is a quiz. Between the promise and the provision is what? The process. The process. And sometimes it's a long time. You know God has spoken something to you, and you're believing it, but you don't see it happen right away. And you're in this process of waiting. You're in this process of sometimes wondering. You're in this process of saying, God, I know you spoke to me, but I'm not seeing it. 
And Abraham had this promise about Isaac, and then all of a sudden what happens is he's told later to go sacrifice Isaac. And Isaac hadn't had any children yet. And, and he's told by God to go kill your son, take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. And Abraham, you know what he did the next day? He got him and he headed up the mountain. And when he got ready to go all the way up, he told the servants, hey, y'all stay here. We're going up. And then what did he say? We're coming back. And as they're walking up, he's got the fire. He's got the wood. And Isaac's kind of looking around like, we're going to do a sacrifice, but I don't see. All I see is fire and wood. And he asked asked his dad, and Abraham says, God will provide. How could Abraham say that? God told Abraham, it's your son. But see, Abraham held on to a promise that God had already spoke, right? That's how he walked through that process. When you finish the story, he ties him up, gets ready to sacrifice him, and God stops him. The angel of the Lord stops him. And then he says, he says to Abraham, look, there's a ram in the thicket over there. How would you like to be that ram? Just minding your own business, eating, and God says, go get stuck in that thicket because you're about to die. But God provided Right? He provided. So guess what? Abraham had a promise. And at the end, we're getting ready to read that. Guess what? Isaac, Isaac had descendants. And from them, it, they've kept going. Just like God promised. Just like God promised. And we have to make sure when we go through this process, when God, we know what God's word says. We know what he's spoken to us. But we're not seeing it happen. That we got to stay the course. We can't give up. We can't lose hope. Let's keep going. So we talked about Abraham. Now this week we're going to talk about Isaac and Jacob. And honestly, I'm going to tell you, I was almost going to skip these because they're kind of just really short, really simple, and I was just going to kind of move through them. But I just felt like I, I needed to talk about it. So uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, it's uh, one of the verses that starts this whole chapter. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things that we cannot see. The New King James says it this way, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that we don't see. So faith, faith is believing something when you don't see it, right? And I use this illustration because it's so easy to get, but if if you're going to go somewhere and you're going to fly somewhere, you purchase a ticket online, they send you a confirmation, that has, that's just like your receipt, has your seat number, has everything you need that you're, you're on that plane. So, same thing happens if you rent, if you, if you got a hotel room, you're going somewhere, you're going on vacation, and you, you reserve a hotel room uh, for a business trip or vacation or something. Then when you reserve the hotel room, we were at a conference not long ago, we reserved a hotel, and we get this confirmation saying, okay, you have a room from this day to this day. Now, I've never seen the room, Correct? But I know I have a room. Why do I know I have a room? Because I have assurance of that. I have something that says you have a room even though I don't see a room. So we have the word of God that says I I will provide for you. Okay, we haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen the manifestation of that in every way. We have, this says, listen, how many of you have ever in in the physically seen God? Now, how many of you believe in God? You can't do that without faith. You can't do it. It takes faith. So that's what faith is. Now, Hebrews 1.3 
says, it uses the Greek word that the word for faith is the substance. That word substance in Hebrews 1.3 means it's, it's referring to the person of Jesus. So what we're saying is our faith isn't for something as much as it is in someone. So it's not like I have faith for this and faith for this and faith for this. No, you have faith in God that God will do that. So if you're believing for a provision, it's not as much I have faith for, for provision. No, you have faith in the provider that he will provide. So our faith is in God. That's the strongest place you can ever be in life is having your faith in God. And in the world we live in, I'm just, just going to encourage you and tell you this. It's time for us to stand up. Not in a way of being mean, not in a way of trying to prove a point, in a way of standing up and being who God has called us to be and walking by faith. You know what that's going to do for people? When everybody else is freaking out and we're at peace, that's going to say something. When everybody else is wondering what's going to happen and we're, we know, we know, hey, we got this. We're going to be fine. That's, that's what people are looking for. They're not... We don't need to be trying to prove everybody wrong and argue with people about all this stuff. We need to simply put our faith in God and stand strong in what the word of God says. That's it. That's all we need to do. It talks in Hebrews eleven six. 6. It says, without faith, you can't even please God. So that's why faith is so important. That's why we're in this whole thing. Now, let's look at um, Hebrews eleven twenty 20, verse 21. This is what it says about these two guys. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was dying, old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. Now, we're going to go a little bit through this story, but here's what we're going to talk about today. There was a promise for Abraham, and it goes on to say later that his blessings would, would, be, would, would flow down to the generations. The blessing of Abraham that God bestowed on Abraham is going to flow down to Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. It's going to flow down to his descendants. So we're talking about this blessing. Now look in Genesis 12, 1, 2. It says, the Lord said to Abram, this is what we talked about a while back with Abraham, leave your country, leave your relatives, leave your father's family, go to the land I will show you. So Abram's asked here to leave without knowing where he's going. Go to the land that I will show you. So he's having to step out in faith. And here's what he says. God says this to him. I will make you a great nation and I will say it with me, bless you and make you famous. And you will be, say it, a blessing to others. When I read that this week, this is what stood out to me. God has blessed us to be a blessing to others. That same blessing on Abraham that was passed down from generation and generation to generation is for us today. And we need, to be, we need to walk as blessed people, and we need to bless others. And bless other, blessing others isn't just words, it's actions, it's a lot of stuff, and we're going to get into that. But there was this blessing, and I looked up the word when it was talking about this in Hebrews. I looked it up what it means to bless, and it basically means this, one, to, to, to bring God's favor on, to ask for God's blessing, to provoke blessing, and it's all about lifting people up. Toward their destiny, for what God has for them. Do you know how? I'm saying this generically, so I'm not saying you. I'm saying even even the church, but our world, including the body of Christ. Do you know how selfish we get? Who's who do we think of first thing in the morning? 
Who do we think of more throughout the day? Us. Who do we think about when we're driving? Us. Let's be honest. As much as I preach about it, when you're in long traffic, and, and it happened to me, and I preach about it, right? I'm always saying, let people in, say thank you, and people let you in. Okay, I'm in traffic, and the lane to the right ends, and everybody knows it ends, but people try to drive all the way up to the front, and then they think you're just going to be like, oh, come on over. And I literally, I see this cat coming. And I'm like, he's going to come all the way up here. And I'm right where the lane ends. I mean, I'm right there. I'm like, little does he know that Scott ain't moving. Right? That's my mind. Can I be human for a minute? All right, let me take off my pastor jacket. All right? Look, I said, I said I'm, not, I'm not moving. And here he comes. And I'm thinking, he's gonna, he better get in behind me because there's no room in front of me. He keeps coming and he keeps coming. He keeps coming and he gets right beside me. And he looks like. <gasps> so, you know, what I do. <laughs> and then I realize this you better practice what you preach, brother. And I let him in. So, I did eventually make the right decision, but I was frustrated. And I even had a little conversation, like, you know, I should never preach about that stuff because now I have to do it. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I, I was so, I realized, okay, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I'm one car length slower. In other words, instead of getting to where I was going at 8 o'clock, I'm going to get there at 8 o'clock in 15 seconds. <laughs> and I was just, I was, man, I struggled. Maybe that. Maybe you don't struggle with that. I, there's a lot. Of, you can slap me, and I'm probably just going to say, like, what was that for? But, man, that car, that driving stuff, when you know the lane ends, and I know and you know that we're about to have a little confrontation. Not confrontation, like, in a mean way, but I, like, you know you're going to try to get in, and, I, and you know I'm not going to be happy. But, praise the Lord, I let him in. I got real close to him. But I let him in. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. It wasn't that bad. I was nice. Okay. But here's the thing. It's about not just thinking about us. You know, when you're, when you're, there's all kinds of things. You can just ask yourself the question, like, who do you think about? When you're at the grocery store and you have, you have a bunch of stuff, you have all your groceries, the guy behind you or the lady behind you has one thing, just one. What would you want if you just... You just have, you know, I'm just buying some toothpaste. I'm out of toothpaste. And, you, you know, you got 42 things in your cart. And it's coupon day. So you know it's going to be a while. Does it ever cross our mind to be a blessing? Come on up. It's amazing. I don't, it doesn't happen much anymore. But God has blessed us with things we don't deserve. God has blessed us not based on our performance but based on his love. And we can be a blessing to other people just like that. And Isaac, when he blessed Jacob, listen, Jacob deceived Isaac. When they were in Rebecca, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, when, when Jacob and Esau, who were twins, were in her womb, God said to them, God said to them, the younger will serve the older. The blessing was on Jacob. But Jacob tried to get it himself. 
So when Jacob goes to I see Esau was a manly dude. You know, he was hunting and doing all that stuff, and he was hairy. He had hair all over him. He's like a bear, and not literally a bear, but he was just hairy. And that's what the Bible says. Read it. I'm not making this up. And, uh, and then Jacob, he wasn't into all that. He was just like, he was home with mom, making stew and doing stuff like that. That, that was him. So he wasn't, he wasn't as much out there doing all that, ah, hunting, ah, tough guy. That wasn't him. So, so Isaac favored Esau. And Esau would go out and hunt and bring in venison and bring in food and all that. And, and so Esau was going to bless Isaac. I mean, uh, Isaac was going to bless Esau. Well, Jacob wanted the blessing. He knew, I mean, and, and Rebekah knew. And what they did is they, they cooked up, Rebecca cooked this food up. She was in on it. So you have Jacob and Rebecca, mom and son, who are like, they're one team. And then you have Isaac and Esau, they're the other team. It was basically a split kind of family. So they, de- Jacob deceives his father. He puts, he gets this meal that tastes just like what Esau would, would have made from, from hunting and all that stuff. He, she makes this, and she brings it to Isaac. Well, they got wool. They got different kind of wool and fur and put it all on um, Jacob's arms and his neck. And so Jacob goes to Isaac and says, pronounce the blessing on me. And Isaac says, who are you? And he's like, I'm Esau. He said, well, you sound like Jacob. No, I'm Esau. And he feels his arms, and he feels his neck, and he feels all this hair. So he pronounces this blessing on Jacob. Jacob was a liar and a deceiver. And when Esau comes back, and he, and he, and he, goes, to be, and he goes for the blessing, and Isaac says, I already did. He said, that wasn't me. And he finds out it was Jacob. Here's what he says. Let the blessing of Jacob stay. And then he still does a blessing. And he was still, you know, he still blesses Esau, but not the same. And, es- and, and later on, he even blesses, and I think it's in chapter 28, he blesses Jacob again. I don't know about you, but I would have a hard time blessing someone who completely lied and deceived me. Would you not? So that's this blessing. And then Jacob, he's a deceiver. He, later on, if you read the story, he has a little confrontation. He wrestles with God. And, and he ends up walking with a limp the rest of his life. Listen, there's some people I don't want to wrestle. One of them's God. You ain't going to win that one. So Jacob, later, he has his eyes open, and he ends up, his name is changed to Israel. And that's a whole other thing. We won't get into all that. But here's the thing I'm saying. You're going to have to bless people that you don't agree with or like or that hurt you. But then here's the thing. If you're the person hurting everybody, guess what? God can change you where you can begin to bless people. Because Jacob went from deceiving, he received a blessing, but he went from his ways and ended up turning and being a blessing and blessing Joseph, his son, and his grandchildren. So there's all this idea about blessing. And like I said, I'm not getting deep into those stories because I really want to get into the fact of being a blessing. And as we read in Genesis, it says you are a blessing that God will bless you so you can bless others. Right? So our part of what we want to do is bless others. Now, how many of you right now know that you know you are blessed? All right. For those who don't, let me just show you a couple of scriptures. 
Ephesians 1.3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, that's us, all of us, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Why? Because we're united with Christ. Not because we're perfect, not because we never mess up. Listen, righteous people fall, but they get back up. We don't stay in those places of defeat. We get up, we make changes, we go, we let God work in us. But we have right now every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. We have it. You are blessed. Every one of you are blessed. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're blessed. Now let's look at 2 Peter. 2 Peter 3, I mean 2, verses 3. By his divine power, God has given us, listen to what God's given us, everything we need to live a godly life. If God is telling you to be a blessing, I want you to know God has given you everything you, knew, everything you need to be a blessing. Right? So say, well, it's hard to bless people because I don't, not. God's given you everything to be a blessing. And sometimes we struggle because we think, how can I be a blessing when I'm going through this? Do you know when Paul wrote most of his letters, he was in jail? And he's blessing these people. He's speaking to these people. He's encouraging these people. He's, he's continuing to help these people grow. And he himself is in prison, having been beaten, mistreated. But he's still blessing people. He's still letting God use him. Sometimes your, your, your greatest avenue of victory comes when you can bless people even in your stuff. It doesn't take away that you're going through something. But there's this principle called sowing and reaping that works in anything. That what you sow, you'll reap. You want tomatoes? Plant tomato seeds. Right? That's the natural. You want encouragement? Encourage somebody. You want a friend? Be a friend. You want help? Give somebody help. That's, that's part of, that's part of the, the cycle. That's how it works. And, and the Bible says that that will never end. There's certain things that will never end, day and night. It will always be. It will always be. You know what else will always be? Sowing and reaping. It will always be. You'll reap what you sow. Now, who do we bless? I'll go ahead and tell you the answer. Ready? Everyone. You know who God loves? Everyone. God so loved the world. If there's somebody you're thinking of that is hard to bless, I'm just going to go ahead and help. help. I'm going to give you a deep theological something right here. They're part of the world. If they're in your life, if they're, so, if they're, if they're here, they're part of the world and God loves them. It doesn't mean you condone them. Doesn't mean you condone what they do. It doesn't mean you agree with their behavior. It doesn't mean that there's not boundaries you have to set sometimes with certain people. But you have to love because God does. You have, you have to bless. God will take care of you. Look at Luke 6, 27 to 33. But to you who are willing to listen, are you willing to listen today? All right, for, for, the, for you three, let me just read this. I say, love your enemies. Are you kidding me? Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. 
and pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other one. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get it back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you even get credit? Even sinners do that much. Listen, here's the thing. It's easy to bless people that bless you. Isn't it? It's easy. It's easy to be a friend to people who are friendly to you. But what happens when you give to someone and they don't return? What happens when what I was talking about earlier, what happens when you let somebody in front of you and they don't give you the wave? The thank you wave, right? Like, hey, come on in. You've been in traffic and out of the goodness of your heart, and because your pastor preaches about it all the time, you let them in, and they don't even acknowledge. Thank you. Listen, if you're just going to be good to people who are good to you, you're no different than the world. When you can do as, this, as it started and bless those people who curse you and love those people who hate you and pray for your enemies and love your enemies, then you know what? We're never going to stand out. You know, the only way we can do that is by faith. The only way we can love people that hurt us is by faith because it says, God, I'm trusting that you're going to take care of me and you'll deal with that. You'll, you'll deal with that. And, and he'll give you wisdom. By no means, if people have hurt you, I'm not saying that you just welcome them and have them over for dinner. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there's a place where you cannot let offense and bitterness take root in your life because it'll kill you. It'll destroy you. And what we think holding on to this offense is going to hurt somebody else, we're missing it. It limits what God can do in our life. Mark 6 says people, God couldn't do a lot of miracles in his hometown because people didn't believe and they were offended. Offense will stop you from receiving from God. It just hurts you. The person that hurt you, they could care less that you're offended. They like you being hurt. But when you can let that go, oh, it changes everything. Now God can begin to restore and heal you without any, any part of that. When you can walk in that place. 1 Peter 3, 9. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. How about that? You idiot. God bless you. Yeah. Like, how does that work? That doesn't make sense. But guess what? A lot of what God does doesn't make sense to us. You want to be the greatest? Be a servant. That's not what we're taught. Work your way to the top. That's where it's at. Have, the more stuff you have, the happier you'll be. That's not it. That's not the principles of God. He's saying here, look, when, when people insult you, just, just bless them. Just bless them. It's amazing. It's amazing how it works. And I know it's challenging, but I'm telling you, it's the word. And we got we to realize the importance of being a blessing. Romans 12, bless those who persecute. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. 
Okay, I'll let you continue to read all the rest of that because we're going to keep moving. But it says kind of similar to the same thing. But you got to be, you got to bless those people who hurt you. Pray for them. Pray God's blessing and, and favor upon their life. You don't have to step in and, and figure everything out for them. But there's people that have hurt me, and sometimes I just I have to just go to the Lord and say, Lord, I pray that you bless them. And sometimes I struggle with that. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, bless them, but just not now. Give them a while. Do it slowly. Just a small blessing. But you know what? Sometimes when people are blessed, guess what? When God, let God work on people, right? God sees the heart. We don't know that when people hurt us, we don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they're experiencing at home. We don't know what their life's like. We got to be very careful to be quick to judge somebody because they seem a little bit irritable. We don't know what's going on. Let's trust God with that. Maybe if we would start blessing people, we, we would see people act different. But if we're not blessing people, then where are they getting it? The world's not lifting people up. The world's tearing people down. Just watch the news. Hate after hate after hate. I'm seriously thinking, man, I'm going to start me a news channel. Love, love, love. Look at Billy. Help that lady cross the road. Oh, next. How about sports? Oh, everybody's playing great. Forget it. Proverbs 17, 17 says this. A friend loves at all times. Friends always loyal. Then it says this. A brother is born to help in time of need. Do you know what we, as family, as the family of God, you know we're here? We're here to help each other. Not to bring each other down, but to lift each other up. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 and 10, it talks that two are stronger together. There's two. Two people are better off than one. They can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone who falls is alone, or if someone who falls alone is in real trouble, it's nice to have some other people that are encouraging you and that are with you in your journey because you're going to have times where it's difficult. You're going to have times where it is tough and it's, and it's hard and you need to be encouraged. There's going to be times where you, you're doing well and you can come along and encourage others. But we got to do this thing together. We're family. We're family. And we can't just encourage here. we got to encourage outside these four walls. Do you know who needs to be encouraged the most? People who are discouraged. You know, who is, you know who's discouraged? The world. Listen, we have the blessing. We have every spiritual blessing. We have it all. We have God. They don't. And without, the Bible says, without him you can do nothing. They can't find peace. They can't find hope. They can't find strength. They can't find what they're looking for. That's why they keep trying new stuff. They keep doing things that's getting worse and worse, the stuff that they're looking for to make them happy. It's like you pervert, they perverted everything so far, and they're still not finding it because they're discouraged. And we, we have what it takes to bring encouragement to people. But we got to look past their issues. We got to look past their stuff and realize they're lost. They're lost. You can't get mad at people that are lost. 
Someone comes up and says, I'm lost. I'm not from here. I don't even know where I'm at. Well, well, that's your fault. <laughs> that's not how you help someone who's lost. You say, hey, man, what, what are you trying to get to? Let's put it in the spiritual terms. Man, I'm trying to find a place where there's hope. I'm trying to find a place. Listen, I, I can tell you how to get there. That's, that's what we're called to do. We're called to be a blessing. Now, how do we bless? Let's talk about this. Look at these scriptures. We'll go through them pretty quick. John 13, 34, and 35. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I loved you. That's how you should love each other. So what does Jesus say? He says, look, this is what the, this is what the Lord is saying to us. Love each other. How? The way I loved you. How did God love you? Unconditionally. That's how we're supposed to love. So if we only love those people that love us, that's not God's love. God's not telling you to love people with your love. He's saying love like I love. Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of God. Walk in love. So if we're supposed to love like God loves, then, listen, when I mess up, I can come to God because he still loves me. When they mess up, we, get, we still need to love them. We've had people walk in these doors that have no relationship with God. And you can tell when they come in, their lifestyle is not pleasing to the Lord. It's sin, it's wrong, but guess what we're called to do? Love them. We embrace people where they at, or you'll never be able to encourage them if they don't even think you love them. And we have to love like God loves. Luke 15, 1 in the New Living, it says that often notorious sinners and tax collectors often came to hear Jesus speak. Okay, if Jesus is preaching some hate message and you're so bad and you're so wrong, you filthy, rotten sinners, liars or friars, turn or burn, you're going to hell. Okay, he didn't preach that. He preached a message of love that even sinners some started to gravitate toward. Like there's something different here. And that's what God wants us to be, agents of his love to the people who are hurting. We got to love the way he loved. Look at this next one, Romans 15, 7. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ, what? There's the standard. How do we bless people? The way God's blessed us. We love like he loved. We accept people like he accepts them. God doesn't have these, well, nah. God doesn't do that. He accepts people just the way they are. Do you know you did not have to change to come to God? Is it not a blessing? But we want people to change to walk in these doors? Are you kidding me? We want people to change to, to be able to be a part of our church body? That's ridiculous. You didn't change. Listen, you came to God rotten as could be. Missing the mark, messed up background, messed up lifestyle, some of you drugs, all kinds of stuff. But you came to God and it was this, this time and this growth that started happening. And eventually you begin to grow. Eventually you begin to change. All because God accepted you where you were. And then he encouraged you and helped you from there to be who he wanted you to be. That's how, that's how it works. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of behavior. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, 
has forgiven you. We talked about this a little bit a minute ago. Do you know how you forgive people? The same way God forgave you. You know how God forgave you? Completely. You are completely forgiven. He paid for your sins. He took care of it. Because he loved you. And you know what the cool thing is? He paid for your sins before you ever even asked. He forgave you before you asked for forgiveness. It was already done. Remember the story in John where the, the woman was caught in the act of adultery and everybody was going to stone her? Which by, because of the laws of the land they could have. That would have been appropriate. And Jesus said, hold on. And he writes something in the sand and people, a lot of people guess what it, what it could have been. Could have been all these other sins. Could have, I think he could have been like, oh, Jesus was here. I don't know what he was writing. <laughs> but here's what he did. He looked at them and he said, Okay, whoever's without sin, you throw the first one. And from the youngest to the oldest, he started dropping the rocks. And he looks at the lady and he says, ma'am, where are those who condemn you? And she said, there are none. And he said this, he said, then I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go and be free. I'll never forget the, fir the first time the Lord showed me this. It, it rocked my world. That lady didn't even ask for forgiveness. But Jesus gave it to her right there. And said, just go. And you know that act of love, it changed her. I guarantee she was different when she walked away. She didn't get what she deserved. According to the standards. What an act of love. What an act of forgiveness. Jesus on the cross. Talking to people who just drove nails in his hands. And nails in his feet. Slammed this crown of thorns on his head. He is a bloody mess. He was whipped. He was whipped on his back. And his flesh was just ripped open. Every time that whip hit him. His flesh just tore apart. Just gross meat, everything just flying out. He is a, he's a bloody mess. And the people that did it, and Jesus is on the cross, and he looks and he says, Father, forgive them. And someone says one little thing to us, and we get all like, get them, Jesus, sick them, Jesus. And Jesus was our example that even when people hurt you, even to the point of death, Jesus forgave. And we can always say, yeah, but that's Jesus. Fast forward, go to the book of Acts. Stephen is being stoned for his faith. And they're throwing these rocks. They're stoning him, and he's dying, and he falls to his knees. And when he falls to his knees, he just, the last thing he says is he says, Father, do not hold this sin against them. How do you do that? I'm telling you, you do it by faith because you know that God has forgiven you of so much that whatever they're doing, you can forgive. And when, 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 when Stephen did that, he looked up, and this is what the Bible says. He saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, looking down on him. That's what he saw. And when he saw it, I think that Jesus was giving him a standing ovation. That's my personal opinion. Because Jesus is usually sitting at the right hand of the Father, but he's standing like Stephen. Atta boy. 
That's what I did. That's what I want you. That's forgiving the way Jesus forgives. That's forgiving the way God forgives. If you're holding on to unforgiveness, you're dying. You're physically dying. You've got to let God's forgiveness be so real to you that it is expressed to other people. And you forgive people just like that. You've got to forgive the way Jesus forgave. And he forgave completely. And you know what's cool about that is you know who saw that whole thing happen? You want to know who saw it? Saul. Saul's over there where people are laying their jackets. Saul's sitting there, and he watches this thing happen. And Saul ends up being Paul who wrote a lot of the uh, New Testament. But you know what? Something happened in his life watching that, watching Stephen do what he did and say what he said, that it wasn't long after that that Saul's on the road to Damascus and Jesus appears to him and he has this encounter with Jesus that changes his life. And all of a sudden he begins to preach the gospel. Saul, I believe it started for him right there when he saw someone actually live out, live out something that was only able to do by the by the strength of God. And he did it. Galatians 6, 2 and 3. Share each other's burdens. If you think you're someone, if you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Listen, you are important, but you're not too important to help somebody else. You know why? We're a body. We're the body of Christ. We need each other. We got to come alongside each other. We got to do what God's called us to do. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. All praise to God, the Lord, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we'll be able to give them, listen to this, we'll give them the same comfort God gave us. You know how you can help people when they're going through trouble? You can comfort them the same way God comforts you when you go through it. You can be a tool to be used. It's not your comfort. It's God's comfort that flows through you to help others. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. And then let's look at the, uh, 1 Timothy 2.1. I urge you first, first of all, pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. There's a lot of scriptures all talk about how we help other people, how we help other people. That last one in Hebrews talks about motivate one another to good works. Then it goes on to talk about not forsaking the assembly together. In other words, that it's good to come together like this. This is why church is important. Not only because you get the word, but also because you can be a blessing to other people in the body of Christ. And you can encourage one another and, pro and provoke each other to good works. And it says, let's not neglect our meeting together because it helps us. It strengthens us. But you know what happens in life a lot of times is, and we'll close with this, a lot of times what happens is, is when we go through difficulty and trouble, we want to isolate ourselves. We want to pull away because we don't want to be a bother. We don't want to be a burden or because we're embarrassed. And the reason why sometimes people get embarrassed when they go through something is because of what I said earlier. The church, we act like sometimes that we don't ever go through anything. So people that do go through something, they're not going to want to come to us because they think, well, they won't understand. They always have it all together. The greatest thing that we can do to be a blessing is let people know we're human too. I've had times where I was nervous. 
I've had times where I was anxious about something. I've had times in my life where fear tried to creep in. I've had times in my life where I questioned, like, God, are you, do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? God, I've been praying. Are you there? I've had those moments, even as a pastor. God, I feel like my prayers are just hitting the ceiling. I want to know that you hear me. I've had those moments. We don't need to isolate. We need to come together. You're going to find out that what you're going through, other people have gone. Gone through the same thing or are going through it. And we need each other. We need each other. We're supposed to function as body. You know how your, I said this Wednesday night, and I've done this before, but do you know how your earthly body functions? Let me give you a great example. I was playing in a softball tournament one Saturday, Friday night and Saturday. Saturday night I was driving back to the, to the house, and I passed the church, and there was a light on. And I was like, somebody left the light on. And the church I was at, the, uh, the, the, the light was in the sanctuary, but the alarm, the alarm was in this little side room. Uh, that's where the alarm panel was. So I went in, and I went to go turn the alarm off, and I didn't, I didn't turn any lights on because I was trying to hurry and get there. So when I opened the door, I went in, and I, had, I didn't have my cleats on because they were muddy, so I took my cleats off. They were in my trunk. And um, so I run in to turn the alarm off, and as soon as I did, there was chairs right there, and I kicked this chair, and my pinky toe just went like that. Now, I didn't plan this, okay? I didn't plan on that to happen. Well, let me simply walk you through what my physical body did, okay? You ready? Watch, work with me. Listen, my pinky toe said, everybody stop, and my body stopped, and it sent a signal all the way to my brain that said, I am out of place, and my brain said, mouth scream, and I was like, ah! And, my, and it sent a signal to my hands, hold me. And I went like this. That's what we do, right? And then my other leg is like, I'll carry a little extra weight because I know you can't. This, this is all happening like really fast. I didn't think about it. It just happened. My body began to work together. My hands are saying, we got you. My leg is saying, I'll take extra weight. My mouth is letting people know, we got to stop, y'all. Don't take another step. Little man is hurt. <laughs> right? But you know what we do as a body? <laughs> Praying for you. And that's not, what, that's not blessing people. Blessing people is saying, hey, stop, y'all. Somebody in here is hurting. Somebody in here right now. Today is hurting. And you know what they need? They need somebody to acknowledge, I know you're hurting. And they need someone to come around and say, listen, we love you. And we're here for you. And we accept you. And we embrace you. And we will help you. And then we need people to say, listen, while you're walking this out, you can depend on me. I will take extra. I will cover for you. I will walk with you. You can lean on me. Whatever you need, I will be there for you. Listen, that's how the body works. But our body is all jacked up. We're not blessing people. 
Are we, are we kidding ourselves? It's time for us as a church. I can't make the whole church do it, but I can tell you, as for me and this house, we are going to serve the Lord, and we are going to stand up, and we are going to be people of faith that say, I'm going to be a blessing in this world. I'm going to be a blessing to my family. I'm going to be a blessing to my boss. I'm going to be a blessing to my workers. I'm going to be a blessing to my coworkers. I'm going to be a blessing to the church. I'm going to be a blessing to the community. I'm going to be a blessing to everyone I come in contact with. Today, when I go eat lunch, I'm going to bless the mess out of the waitress and the waiter. I'm going to bless people at my table. I'm going to bless people when I leave. I'm going to bless people when I come. I'm going to spend my life being an agent of blessing that comes from every blessing that God put on me. And until we say we're going to do it, it's not going to happen, y'all. It's not going to happen. Hebrews 11, this is why we're going through it, because God is telling us, will you step up? Will you be different? Will you grow? Will you be stronger? Will you not settle for just getting by? Will you not settle for just having a good little worship service? Will you not settle for just knowing some good stories? Will you actually live it out in a way that is only by faith? So if there ever was a time in heaven when God says, let me tell you about some more faith people, I want him to say, by faith. By faith, Scott blessed people. I don't know why I'm crying, but I'm just telling you, I feel it in my heart that that this world is, they're dying, y'all. They're dying, and we're so concerned about being us. We're so concerned about being right. We're so concerned about ourselves. And God's saying, look, there's people out there dying. There's people out there miserable, looking for something that we have. And we have a hard time just being nice to someone because they want to get in front of us. We have a hard time being nice to someone because we don't like the shirt they're wearing or the haircut they have or whatever. We don't, we don't like them because they said something mean. You know what? You know what will always overcome meanness? Love. Proverbs 15 says this, a soft answer, a gentle answer, turns away wrath. Even when people are against you, you'd be surprised how people just be gentle. Just be nice. I've never met someone who can argue very long with a nice person. I've never. I've gone head to head with people. But whenever I start learning, okay, wait, you got to be nice, Jenkins. Whenever I'm nice to people, it's amazing. They can't argue. We got to be a blessing to others.